You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we're sitting down with several of former guests to ask them a couple holiday related questions. First up on the docket, we're sitting down with our fairy goth mother, Bitter Squeaks Kate. And we're going to talk to her a little bit today about something she takes very seriously. Hi, Kate. Hello. Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> Good morning to you. Good morning. I haven't had my coffee yet, so I'm a little... That's okay. It was actually, that was the perfect sentence to have because the Zoom just blipped as you said coffee. So it made it even sound more like you needed coffee. <laughs> So we met for the first time this year, and it was fantastic. Yes. And your dreams came true. The cutest person ever. And we were talking the other day, and you sent me a text of a project you were working on, but not related to little things. What were you doing? It was the best. Oh, I obsessively wrap Christmas presents. So I take my love of art to every extreme so if there's a sheet to be folded especially like a fitted sheet oh give it to me origami like (laughs) I like I like how simple it is to Mm -hmm. make things look beautiful Mm -hmm. so every year I it's awful and it would be very wasteful if I didn't go to Goodwill and or Savers or whatever promo code egg. Um, (laughs) (laughs) If I, um, I go and I get, I pick my wrapping paper for the year. Mm -hmm. So like we have a theme, we have a color like palette. We're very picky. And by we, I mean, only I and my family does not give a, you know, (laughs) so what's your color palette for this year? uh, This year it's rainbow and I'm very into it. And and, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a perfect choice so our tree is like uh old aluminum pom-pom tree so it's like ugh Ugh, I hate mm. that for you I mean I love it but also I would die for a treetopia tree promo code egg Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah like I would I would love a tree from treetopia but we just don't have our home is so little we don't have the space to store it yeah that's true so the, the pom-pom tree is nice. It all folds down into like a little like six by 24 inch box and you just shove it in the garage under a motorcycle and it's fine. There was one for sale in Idaho Falls and it was like an eight foot aluminum pom-pom tree, but it was like a thousand dollars. Yeah, that yeah, was, the, I saw oh, that one. Absolutely not. I ours is seven feet and it, um, I think I paid $60 for it somewhere. Oh, yes. a million years that's ago. reasonable. So you, <laughs> yeah, you, it, Take extra care to get your presents beautiful to fit your theme every year. Is that what you're doing? Yes. Oh, of course this. I do. I love this. So <laughs> this year it's rainbows and dinosaurs. So incredible. I I on like YouTube or TikTok or Instagram, wherever you are, there are rapping ladies. Yes. Yes. I've seen some. I follow you. a couple mm-hmm. of them. It's oh yeah. Life. The folding lady, the rapping lady. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like 
double tap every single post. Yep. I love them. Mm-hmm. So I will obsessively watch these videos and then very dramatically wrap our presents. So this year I've made about, oh God, I don't know, 60 like uh, yarn pom-poms. I know. And I saw you making those <laughs> and I was like, shit, I got to make pom-poms. They're so easy. Yeah. You know, like once, once you get into that the group, shit. <laughs> Jill, you absolutely do. It I absolutely a- do not. <laughs> It took, it took me, I would do it while I was like in line at pickup. You know what I mean? Like I was just like obsessively wrapped. Hey, I'm like, hurrying dropping my... needles to run to get my kids. This is true. Not knitting needles. I'll make them for I Jill. Mean, I'll make you got to sit in that pickup line for 75 hours. So mm-hmm. you might as well make some pump. Oh no. My kids are usually the last ones to get picked up. <laughs> oh, we are. Our elementary school is like downtown Manhattan. It is bananas at pickup time. Oh, that's so funny. So it's awful. So <laughs> that was like a whole nother tangent. So anyway, <laughs> so I made all these stupid pom-poms and because everything has to be beautiful and insane, mm-hmm. I, th- you can't just have a one colored pom-pom, like boring. I what mean, is that? Your whatever. accent pom-pom? I mean, who I would never. I would never. That's your accent pom-pom. <laughs> so really, you gotta have took, odd numbers. Well, of course. Yeah. I'm not, what am, what am I? Gross. No. <laughs> so what am I not Christmas? So, and ironically, like we don't really celebrate the the holiday Christmas. I just like giving presents and mm-hmm. yeah, I like wrapping them. To be honest with you, I'm just here for the wrapping. Like, <laughs> you know, that is, I, I also decorate my presents. So I'm on board. I get it. I used uh, to. We have. Anyone is feel free to steal this. Um, I might be causing childhood trauma to my child, but mm. I think it's hilarious. So I also wrap <laughs> fake presents. I have done that. Oh. Okay. So, so it looks nice in pictures. Mm-hmm. And um, if Sue is bad, one, she was very small, maybe like six. She's, she's caught on to me now. But I told her she was being very rotten. And six was a really hard year for us. She was just. Uh, the way the waves of childhood so mm-hmm. she was she was on a wave and um I told her you know if you do that one more time I'm gonna throw your present in the fireplace <laughs> and so oh, shit. I, did it, I took a fake present and I tucked it in the fireplace <laughs> but that's a core memory for sure <laughs> if you've seen the, the movie attitude, the attitude turned around real quick that year oh I bet I, mm-hmm. you know yeah. So, so yeah. So, but I, it was hard for me to throw my beautifully wrapped present in the fireplace. But, right. Um, like, yeah. But yeah. yeah. So all our, all our wrapping paper matches aren't ornaments matches, you know, I'll, oh, I'm bananas. I'll switch out the plates on our color wheel. Do you and change the ornaments on your tree every year too, to fit your of theme? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I Well, why so wouldn't I'll she? Go to, what a dumb I question. Mean, come on, what Sam. a dumb question. Again, so I do, I do this thing with thrifting where if I just need something real quick, I'll go to the thrift store and pick it up and then redonate it to the same thrift store and be like, back to the thrift from once you came and it's back into the world. So I try not oh. to be wasteful, but I like that idea. Me too. But yeah. So I'll go to the thrift and like whatever weird, ugly box of ornaments they have. And, you know, some of them are broken or whatever. And I'll go through and like clean them again mm-hmm. with the with the obsessiveness, um, yeah. like, I'll, or I'll, I'll re-glitter them, just something bananas. Now, and then these I are just all like, 
you're laying down some nuggets some of tips, some hot guys. tips. I mean, this is really the hot thrift goss. Like, that's what this whole podcast okay. is. That's- yes. Oh, okay. So I have to ask you, only because I know you know, like, what type of paints to get and what type of things to use if you're restoring, like, a vintage ornament or something like that, what would you recommend? Okay. Well, if you're restoring it, like, for... Listen, I'm a back of the tree girl, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, the front of our tree is gorgeous. The back of the tree, wow. not so much. Yes, yeah, So, <clears throat> yeah. So, uh yeah, the back of our tree is like where I put the ornaments that are like, mm. <laughs> so, um, so I, for, re- for restoration, I would use probably an enamel cause that's what I'm most comfortable with. Mm. Like I love an enamel paint. It sticks to everything. It, uh, if you want to get it off, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, today. so yeah, no, I mean you can, but it's, it's a thing. So, but yeah, if you're just doing it for funsies for your house, I just take folk art. Uh, what is it? Craft paint, like the ninety nine. Oh, like the acrylic cent. craft paint. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, 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 craft paint. Grew up with a wall of and, that shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> believe me, I've got bags of it. I I love it. Again, promo code. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I'll just use for our for our regular. You know, it's it's only Christmas, and it's it's so. Uh, it's just one day and in photos you can like touch it up and mm-hmm. like, oh, that ornament kind of <laughs> and just fix them. So it doesn't really matter how it looks from afar. People aren't going to go up to your ornaments and be like, excuse me, ma'am. Like why? <laughs> why does this one look like shit? Why is a 90 year old woman coming yes, into your yes, home? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, like that's, that's my alter ego. Yeah, and I've got so many that live in my heart. Um, she, <laughs> it's like that art you have to squint in. at to see what the it's picture a Monet. is. There yeah, we go. Far, it looks it's good beautiful. from far. It's far from good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a clueless reference for oh. Jill and I because we're old as dirt. Um, Thank you. I love oh. dirt. So, <laughs> I love good. that. That was a low blow a little bit. <laughs> it's early in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's, what time is it? Eight o'clock in the morning? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so it it doesn't really no one's gonna come up to your tree unless you have like a really toxic family member who probably should not be that close to your tree in the first place. Like maybe they should be in their Jill, house. Jill's the toxic one. It, it might be Jill. <laughs> Why are we being so mean to Jill this morning? I don't know. I don't like that, Jill. Is that, is that the I love national you. this is our love language. We just bully <laughs> each other. It is. <laughs> On air and off. That's how I okay. know you it's like a me. Very, it's a very sister relationship. It Real quick family. before we wrap up, what literally? <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> do you suggest people do when they're wrapping an odd shaped gift? Oh, YouTube it. It depends so many fold. Mm-hmm. So you just fold and fold and fold and fold, and usually you, you can get it into like a uh, like a whatever like a dumb toy shape i don't know <laughs> yeah Squ- squish squishmallows are huge in our life right now so oh. i'm wrapping oh. stuffed animals. i ugh, girl mm-hmm. don't i can't i don't care i just i love you i'm glad that you're into something i want you to care about things in your life and collect things because i want to share that with you so if it's squishmallows today there you that's go. where we are there you go mm-hmm. i can i can tell you all about them they are the beanie babies of now um <laughs> So yeah, so I'm wrapping a lot of stuffed animals. So usually what I'll do is I'll create like a bunch of folds on the edge or the bottom and create like a base. Oh, that's smart. That's smart. And then those folds, it's hard to explain without visualizing it, but like a, 
like a you you shape it like a woo, like a like the fans, the paper fans. Yes, yes, yeah. yes exactly. Yeah, accordion. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. I'm sorry. This early in the morning. I really only no, communicate. No, you're fine. That's okay. Uh, great tip, though. That is the best tip. Yeah, so it, YouTube it'll make like fixes everything. Shape. Yeah, that's the everything. smartest tip. You can yeah. YouTube anything. So, All right, yeah, so mom. That, These little elves. Go make your go make your double day. Yes, yes. You thought that we weren't going to talk about that? <laughs> it it's on. It's here. It's, here. it's always lays right over the egg top. <laughs> All right, mom. These little elves are off to our next vintage stop. We love you so much. Angels, I'm like, have the best day. You're my favorite. Love you. We'll Love talk you so to you much. later. Bye. Love you more. Bye. Bye. Now we're headed back over to sunny California in the Bay Area to talk to our glitter queen, our glitter divination, the holiest of holy. <laughs> and she is going to teach us some very important things about holiday crafting related to the STD of the holidays. My favorite thing in the whole world. Glitter. <laughs> You're welcome. Welcome back. <laughs> Elrod Mexikich. Hello, darling. Hi. Hello, lovelies. How are you? So good. We're so fabulous. I am like you, obsessed with glitter, but my husband is the one that refers to it as the Christmas herpy because it ends up everywhere. <laughs> you know, it just comes with the the holiday. You got to just and I'm going to do it. it. You know what? It gets a bad rep, but only because people don't know how to use it right. This is you right. have to harness you. I always say you control the glitter. You don't want glitter control you somebody put put it on <laughs> yep. a shirt put it on pillow <laughs> mm-hmm. make the meme right so now. <laughs> talk to us as if we have never used glitter before in our lives walk us through because you are ordained in the glitter universities so we need <laughs> to know from the professional what we're doing that is right welcome to class everybody my name is professor elrod i will be teaching the beginning steps of learning how to use glitter properly so first of all you're going to want to choose your color scheme and you're gonna buy um, a few things to match that color scheme. And what you're gonna do is first, you're gonna to wanna to choose what color glitter you want, okay? So let's say, for example, you want a red glittered um, piece of whatever we're painting, wood, we'll just say, for example, okay? Great, so now you have to get a paint, a base paint, the same color as your glitter. That is crucial because that goes on first and that's gonna fill in all the gaps of where your glitter doesn't cover. Mm-hmm. So that nice solid, appearing look of um a glitter sheen on your surface okay so step one cover your surface in the paint color step two is you're going to get a mod podge good old classic mod podge make sure you get the glossy kind because you want luster you want shine on it oh i'm writing this shit down that's right and if we learned anything again last time it's the this is what makes the difference this is what makes the difference and i'll explain why in just a second professor will go over that in just a moment (laughs) (laughs) So then you're going to basically make your own glitter paint. You can buy this, like Martha Stewart makes a great glitter paint, but to be honest, I've always preferred to make my own because I like to be in control of the consistency or how much glitter is actually in there. So you take your Mod Podge and you're going to put it like in a little mixing cup, a little Dixie cup or paper cup, whatever. And then you're going to dump glitter into that and mix it around. And so now you're making a glue made of glitter. I know, right? It's all together already right it's making so much sense mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. grade school so now your last step is going to be painted on over your colored surface or your painted surface so you basically just made a base coat and then your own glitter paint right on top of it so the mod podge is dual purpose it's going to seal in your glitter so your glitter does not move at all but it's also going to give you the sheen and a lens of light over your glitter that will make it sparkle extra so uh, 
Wow. I know. That's basically it. I've been That's doing it so wrong. You know, school teaches us nothing. Uh-huh. I'm just saying that right now. Right? Because I always they teach you, you splurge on something <laughs> yes. and dump litter and, yes. just, and then you blow it off and then everywhere it goes. And then my husband hates it. And then you can never bring it in the house again. And it does remind me of one of my favorite uh, quotes, actually. It's actually, this is um, one of those, what do they call it? <clears throat> one of those old people sayings. Oh. Anyways, mm-hmm. <laughs> I forget what's called. It was, she who uses glitter will not be forgotten because mm. that shit everywhere. <laughs> oh, <fuck> yes. <laughs> Wow. I love that so much. That is yeah, on point. Well, and I do you have, okay, when there are different types of glitter, not all glitter is created equal, right? Very true. Very true. Mm -hmm. So we got, we got chunky chunks all the way down to like, almost like mica, right? Like super, like chromey. So it goes from like craft glitter would be like the chunky polymer stuff. And then you have like medium grade and then like the fine grade. And then I think there's cosmetic grade is the smallest technical glitter you can get. Oh, you know, speaking of glitter, because I, we both love it. There is, I came across a TikTok of this live that it was a glitter bar and she had these bottles of glitter set up behind her in like what looked like liquor bottles. And you could go on the website and place an order and they mix the custom glitter cocktail on their live. And it was $10 for an eight ounce thing of glitter whatever you that wanted off. to choose and you could name it and you could do all this stuff and that i have, is so cute and i was like this is a great idea but they and it. they would like show like what each recipe was to be like so this one's this and they would have mixed from chunky to super fine mm-hmm. i think it was like wildflower glitter bar yeah. i love that that's such a great concept right and i and yeah for you know because glitters come into the ether in the last couple of years with resin art specifically, you yep. know, cups and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, uh, do you have like, do you have a specific kind of glitter that you like to use or do you not discriminate? No, I do not discriminate at all. I literally just go, I'll go to the craft aisle and I'll go to like the fancy glitter. I'll go to both because mm-hmm. I think all, <clears throat> every type of glitter offers its different advantages in the art world. I feel like mm-hmm. because Super fine is gorgeous up close, but when you step far away, you don't really get the effect. If you want, or you want a piece to create impact from far away, you want bigger, chunkier pieces. Like for craft glitter, comes Ace. Mm. I do something for stage, which I have before. I would use the chunkiest glitter I could find, or even sequins, because from the back row, that sparkles. Oh. And see, like a normal glitter. Mm-hmm. This depends on what the purpose is, and you kind of have to break it down from there. I don't know that I've ever thought about glitter that way, but it makes sense because you think yeah. like in drag, <laughs> right? If somebody does full rhinestones or sequins on their lips yeah. or eyebrows, that yeah. Looks, yeah. Yeah, looks good from close yeah. and far. This is really, I make putts houses every year. I make paper houses and use glitter mm-hmm. and this is fully changed. Crap. Your putts houses are just going to be like leveled up. Because I've always done the, what we taught, you know, in like fucking kindergarten. Yeah. Put the glue on glue and then and dump it. Sh- Push it on down. Yeah. And now knowing that sound, that, the well, ASMR sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that sound. <laughs> or that one video where it's like the makeup brush held over the camera and they hit the glitter down. Yes. I don't know why, but those, that that video really that's porn like, to you. And, I just am like watch it over and over uh-huh. again. Yes. Oh my god, <laughs> it, it's exciting every time. Like you're waiting for it, you know it's coming. Yes, off. like you're, they're just holding it's it, it. You're and you're like, like oh, <laughs> shower me. <laughs> Give it to me. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
I'm glad we're all ding dong. I was watching that the other day, and my husband's like, What are you watching? I was like, This lady with her glitter brush. And he watched it, and he's like, What the fuck are you watching? And I was like, Shut (laughs) up. Leave me be. It scratches my brain. Leave me alone. I was like, It's very soothing to watch it just. Oh my God. It makes me very, very happy. Oh, this is going to. This is changing the game. I'm going to get some glitter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got some balls. Yeah, no, I used to teach workshops. And people would literally take what I taught them and they would go and glitter like their whole house is like her whole actual bedroom. She started with just her headboard and she said it went to the side tables, to the walls, to the dresser, to the bathroom. And she's like, I think my husband's going to leave me. She's like, well, I love my bathroom so much. <laughs> I'm literally sitting here going, what can I glitter? I was just thinking, can I do a wall in my bathroom? Okay, hear me out. When you come down yes. my stairs, <gasps> the white wall. Bitch. Yes. <laughs> Yes. No, do it. It's it, so actually there is a clear paint. It's actually um it's showroom floor oh like gloss. the floor oh. bone gallon. Yeah, like the thick clear coat, super shiny shit. And it's a it's an A and a B kit. You just dump one thing in and mix it in and mm. then dump a fuck ton of glare and you just start rolling that on your walls and it's exactly <laughs> gorgeous. Yeah. Just be prepared once it's on there. That's it. Because <laughs> I've thought about this same thing, right? The same. I've done a mistake in my life with painting a wall with something that never left. Um, but I was like, I could cut a piece of plywood to fit that shape, paint that <laughs> wallpaper one side, paint the other side, and just flip that oh, bitch just when flip I'm it. bored. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's a good idea. Great idea. Because <laughs> I'm insane. I, I, do, I do my inside house projects during the winter time. Because all my Naturally. outside stuff happens. Yeah. But you know where glitter also would be cool outside is in the greenhouse. <gasps> Ooh, a sparkling greenhouse. Because <gasps> I turned my gazebo into a oh. greenhouse. And then it's going to be a matching gingerbread theme with my shed that I did this year. Oh, my God. The trim on your ginger shed. Yeah. Yeah. Throw some glitter on exactly. that bitch. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. See, any of the, the world becomes comfortable mm-hmm. at this point once you learn the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. Now it's the I don't know. I'm world just is like, my glitter. I oyster. literally am listing stuff. I am going to be glittering. Yeah. I can see it in your eyes. Thanks for the yeah. gateway. Really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Can't wait to talk with you in the future and plan some exciting things with you. Absolutely. I hope you have a wonderful new year and it's filled with glitter and whatever magic your hot little hands are creating because you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We might have to stop our interview to see if we can get a lamp. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, hold on. Stop talking because now we're I like, I've got to order, order her. <laughs> All right, ma'am. You have a wonderful day and we'll talk soon. Thank you. It was so good to talk to you guys again. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. From Elrod, we head across the country to the frigid north to talk to somebody we have fallen quickly head over heels with her mid-century collection. We're going to go sit down and talk with Erin Farrell-Cat. Hi! Hello! Hello. Hi. Thanks for going um, into your secret place to record. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime. It's been an interesting Zoom morning. We've had some some little hiccups. But I we wanted to talk to you specifically about this collectible that you have that I want one of these so fucking bad, and I don't think they exist in Idaho at all. I've never seen one in Idaho. We're talking specifically about a Rushton Santa, that little elusive bastard. It's like the real Santa Claus for me. He's 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 pretty shifty. 
Yeah. Do you? Okay. So because I know you have a a lot of the same thing of collectibles. Do you have just one or multiple Rushdens? I I only have one, and it was uh, it was a family item. Oh. So he um he belonged to I think came from my grandparents, and I didn't really know that much about him until. Uh, until recently so he he's he's not in the best shape but he's just has like the creepiest like the best creepy rubber face um so expressive like his head always sort of seems like it's about to fall off um which always made me really love him Uh, and he would come out at christmas and you could just tell he was old old as shit and um when my parents split, my mom must have, she would just like abandon things at his apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Here, take this, it's yours. And um, one of them must have been this, this Santa because it came from his family and he was sort of sentimental about that stuff. So um, I hadn't seen it in years. And I asked my mom about it a couple of years ago and she said, it it must be here. Like it must, be and I, I talk about my mom's basement enough like I, I looked everywhere I'm like it's definitely not here dad probably had it but I don't know where it went and he passed a number of years ago um, but I had to clean out um, his apartment recently and his wife's kids were there and there were I don't remember what we were talking about and they said well did you tell her about the creepy Santa <gasps> and I was so excited I was like you found creepy Santa and they just both like shuddered like he's in a garbage bag in the garage and they or they found him and he was in a garbage bag and I think they relegated him to the garage because they're like you need to get this thing the fuck out of here (laughs) and I was so excited I was like I want that and they're like thank god get it out of here we can't can't even handle it like Um, no got it yours yeah so i was delighted to have him back um this was just um over the summer i got him back oh wow and and the i I saw my dad's brother because uh we were at a a funeral together and i mentioned the creepy santa to him and he said oh well you know your your grandma painted its face and i said what i just hadn't heard i'd never heard that before Mm And my dad lived a lot of places, and I think they were down in Georgia, Atlanta area. And apparently, um, when my dad's dad was gone, I think he was in the service and he was away. Um, she painted for Rushton as a job. So like cool. she worked, she worked from home, which you know, at that was she was way ahead of her time apparently, because now we all do. But um, <laughs> so she. You know, Rick had was telling me like we we would go to the warehouse, we would fill up the car with boxes of these rubber faces and that she would bring them all home and they were all over the house, he said. So she would do them in like wow. a like a phased approach, like, you know, a, a assembly line kind of thing. So she'd do all the eyes and then she'd go through and she'd do, you know, all the eyebrows and um you know, they were on every surface of the house. And I just, I wish, I wish I could find a picture that, that showed, you know, what she was doing. Um, I try, I tried to research a little bit to see like, was this a common, you know, was this a common thing, but um, I don't know what else she painted. I wish, I wish I knew more than I do, but I just, I loved (laughs) the image of all of these creepy rubber Santa faces all over their house. Um, In various stages of animation. Nightmares were made that day. 
Yes. So I cherish him way more now knowing that backstory. And I just, I wish I, I wish I knew how many she might have painted. Um, I love thinking about the fact that there are these creepy Santas all over the country and many of them were, were painted by my grandma. So I thought that was pretty rad. Which is when you told me that story on Instagram, I was like, oh my God, that is, were they made in Wisconsin? No, this was in Atlanta. So oh, okay. um, Rushton, I think, is in think is in Georgia. That. Yeah, and they were that's where they were living at the time. Wow. And that checked out when I looked that up. That you know that all checked out. So that's so cool. Um, I know it's so interesting too, like the commerce at the time, right, with rubber face toys or anything like that. To think that there was these women, presumably all over the country, that were going in getting these boxes of stuff, yes. and then going home to to do all the detail stuff. That's so crazy to me. Yeah, he said, and I, I don't know how accurate this is, but he said, I th- think she would pick up like a thousand of them at a time. Like just this this number that just sounded like impossible. He was wow. like, yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, I think there were like 250 in a box. Like he had very specific memories about it. It just, I couldn't fathom painting five of those faces much less i know like your hand would just be like cramped right well i imagine so i like repetitive tasks hence why i'm a hairdresser like doing a whole head of foils (laughs) is just kind of like rhythmic like you fall into the rhythm of what you're doing i have to imagine it's the same on oh yeah well yeah painting it's gotta be and then like then you'd be like time to like when shit's gonna be dry and you can move on to and then also you have like the edges are going to be hidden, right? Because they're sewn to mm-hmm. the doll. Yeah. Yeah. We saw, I want, they have them in all different colors. Do you have the red, like tradish rushed in Santa? Yep. He's, he's red kind of crushed velvet kind of looking and he's got like a little cape and a belt and. Um, Angel. Um, yeah. Yeah. I want the, like either the pink one or the blue rushed. Oh, I think the pink ones are like the. Those are the the grails. Oh, shit. So. I'll have to send my sister a picture because she lives in the I'll south. Oh, I bet she comes across. I bet she comes across them every once in a while. We have to. I saw one when we went to Los Angeles. We were at that flea market walking around. And I saw one. And I really just don't like when people don't have stuff priced on their tables. Like, just price your shit. Then oh. I walk up and I see him. And he was in. He had some stains and not the greatest rushed in shape. Mm-hmm. And I asked the guy, I said, how much for the Russian Santa? And he was like, $47. And I was like, perfect. Have a great day. I'm not for it. And it wasn't even in, you know, perfect condition. Like if I'm going to pay 47, yeah, it's got to be, be in pretty good shape. Pretty good shape. Um, I love that. I had never seen Rushton's until we started the show. I had no idea they existed. Okay, we haven't seen a lot of things until we started the show. I know. I was trying not to make <laughs> such a big call out out of it, but it's true. I'm going to call you out on it. It's true. <laughs> Now with all our vintage weirdies. I know. What is one tradition that you and your family now do, especially with the new house? Are you guys setting up new stuff for the new house? I, I've never, we never decorated outside. So um, I just wasn't, I don't really like the cold, despite <laughs> being Dang. a Wisconsinite. Dang. I could do without it. So the idea of like going outside and decorating the house just sounds like a bullshit hassle to me. <laughs> I just don't want to do it. Uh-huh. Um, but I did recently buy some outdoor decorations that we will um, that we'll put out and um, maybe maybe put out actually a couple of lights. We'll see. So oh. we're we're first time home decorators. So for, for it is Christmas. it is fun. We never did Christmas lights until we bought our house. 
And my husband put them all up and they all worked. And then when they came on at night, one of the strands isn't working. <laughs> and it's half of one strand. Of course. It's always uh-huh. half it's of always one half. strand. Yeah. So he was pretty stoked about that. Yeah, I bet. Well, thank you, Aaron, for joining us today to tell us your Rushton story. Absolutely. I can't wait to see what the outside of your house looks like. We're going to use It will this. be really underwhelming. So Good. prepare. You know what? So is mine. And but I don't the, care. Both of your houses are beautiful. <laughs> so it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, thanks for hanging out with me. That was fun. I know. We got to do this again. Longer than nine minutes. Yes. Yes, we do. We take our lead from Aaron's house and head just next door to one of our friends in the mitt. We are talking with Dave of Rademacher Revival about some of his favorite childhood memories surrounding the holiday, as well as an unlikely family tradition. Hi, Dave. Hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? Just standing. Do you guys have snow? Not currently. It is all since Oh, say Yeah, we don't have any either. And it's been like 40s, mid-50s. It's we got one sledding session in and that was it. That's it. Tap yeah, down. we got... Now the, now the kids ask. Oh, yeah. I know. My kids keep asking when they get to go skiing. I was like, as soon as there's snow on the mountain. <laughs> as soon as white things happen. <laughs> right. But as of right now, it's still fall. Which I'm not upset about. That's true. Not for you. Right. Yep. <laughs> not too bad. So tell us a little bit about your favorite tradition and childhood memory that you have for the holidays. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, When when you guys were asking about it, uh, I was put a lot of thought into it because there's a lot of things we did growing up. Um, my old dad's side of the family were farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad grew up on a farm and that's where we spent Christmases as a childhood. So they you know, it was a working farm, old farmhouse, and my dad was one of a lot of kids, and so there's, you know, it was just jam packed. <laughs> right. We 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 eventually, as adults, moved to like a the hall in town because there was just too many kids and grandkids, <laughs> and you know, we couldn't fit anymore. You guys fit right in. Um, <laughs> so, so a lot of my early Christmas memories of our from my grandparents' farmhouse, and. I believe it was my dad who started this tradition. Um, so he had an aunt, Edwina, which is Dove's middle name, Edwina. Oh. And um, when they passed, um, all of their estate items were available, you know, for the for the relatives to pick through. And, you know, even us kids got a few things and my dad grabbed a few things. And then uh, uh, that Christmas, a large box was under the tree. Um, you know, from Santa mm-hmm. to one one of his brothers or sisters, I don't remember, you know, who got it mm-hmm. first. And they opened it and it was Aunt Edwina's footstool. And the footstool is so it was like it's like mid-century. Mm-hmm. It was uh filled with air. You could see through it. And oh. on the inside was a terrible like leafy flower thing like it did not look real like the terrarium footstools kind of but a really bad (laughs) a terrible version version. yeah and 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 like the the plastic was starting to yellow i mean it was it was it was awful it was ugly (laughs) and and so it just became a tradition every year and uh, in each year enough time had passed where you couldn't remember who got it but then that person would then have to gift it to somebody else <laughs> anonymously and it would typically would go to you know somebody who just got a house or somebody who just got married and and the rule was you have to display it in your house oh, like God. if you get it it has to be on display <laughs> for the year no like you couldn't oh. and and so i it was 
there was a couple cousins and aunts and uncles that loved it. They wanted it. They were hoping they would get it. I was not one of them. I thought it was terrible. And so I was so nervous every year that I was going to end up with it. So the only, w- the only way I got out of it is I said, listen, if I get this, you will never see it again. I'm going to pop the thing and it's gone. So do not, do not, do not give it to me. And I lucked out and never, never they took your threat seriously. They're they did. I think every, business. yeah, no. <laughs> and and I, I, I need to find a, I asked a few relatives if they had a picture of it because we haven't had Christmases in a couple of years and I don't know who has it. Um, but there's, there's gotta be pictures floating out there and I will send it to you and you can oh, see, you'll probably think it, you probably think it's cool. Maybe. I don't know. I think it's terrible. But <laughs> Well, and I think who the poor bastard that got stuck with it because of the pandemic and they haven't been. Yeah, right. To, <laughs> they're just like that godforsaken stool. <laughs> In, unless it was one of the ones who really wanted it. And then they just True. hoping everybody forgot about it. Now they're like, it's mine forever. They've redone yeah, right. the inside. They've added new yeah. things. <laughs> we do something like that, but not with a footstool. It's with a Blue's Clues, the salt and pepper shaker. Mr. This is salt, Mr. Pepper, <laughs> and baby paprika. And it's a toy that you push and it makes all their noises, right? And that gets shared. It's at our house currently because we have a toddler. And they were like, it's perfect for you. And I was like, motherfucker. Blues clues. Yeah, I can't go wrong with that. You can't, I mean, you can't go wrong with it. It's cute. But I love that you guys just constantly. That's a good one. That's yeah, a and, and, good one. It, 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 it's been making the rounds for, for a lot of years. So it's pretty fun. Have you guys started any traditions with your kids now that with the, in this household? Good question. We started, they've got their own tree. That's in like the little hallway. Their, their, their bedrooms are mirror images of each other. And then there's a small little hallway um, between the two. That's got a little area in front of the window. Mm -hmm. Um, So last year we bought a tree just for them that they get to decorate. So, so this year, um, Brittany took them. They get, each got to pick out a few ornaments to put on, and the idea is that they'll get to add add to it over the years. Cute. That's cute. I like. I love that, that idea. idea. Yeah. That's the only one I can think of specifically. Well, and then they're they're starting to like Brittany took Roy to pick out a gift for Dove, and then she's going to take Dove to pick out a pick a uh, gift for Roy, so that they can give something to each other. And so far, we thought for sure like Roy. Brittany took Dove for the uh, one of the days to pick something out, and like we thought, thought for sure he's going to come home and tell her exactly what it is. But so so far, he hasn't brought it up. Holding it, oh, this is a good test. Oh, good. This is good. I know. Mike, we tried to do that with my twins, and uh, they immediately just were like, "Guess what I got you?" <laughs> I was like, "No, no, no, <laughs> no gonna, it's later, not yet." Yeah. So then, like, we would wait to literally the date, like Christmas Eve, to take them shopping for each other, and mm. then they, that would be their Christmas gift that that works yeah Mm. doesn't spoil it that way yeah well and it's hard when you first like when you have little ones right and you're like figuring out like what are we going to do and what are we definitely not doing from our childhoods yeah right yeah yeah so so britney's uh very anti-elf on the shelf same that bitch doesn't live and so she's like yeah like if if they don't know it exists then you don't have to do it Mm -hmm. exactly and i got plan. i got stories already for when they ask when he asks where's and i'm just gonna be like our elf knew that we were good and that like everything's good in this house. And he went to a house that needed the help from an elf. Cause I'm like, yeah. it was that. And then I tried to keep baby shark out of the house for as long as possible. Oh. And then it leaked in through daycare. Well, you know what my story was for elf on the shelf. What is it? My sister and I changed our contact information to Santa. 
And so Mm -hmm. I told him, I was like, I don't, we don't need the elf because I have Santa's number. And so we would pretend to be Santa. So when they were being naughty, I'm like, I'm texting Santa. And I would text him. I'm like, Santa's really sad with that. You're mean to me. This is good. Yeah, you're really looking. Good. And here, 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 here's the receipt. Here it is. He says talking it. Talking directly to him right now. Yeah. So that <laughs> worked for a few years. Oh, I like this. I like this. This is good ideas. Yeah, I, I refuse right. to do Elf on the Shelf or anything that requires more mom. No, that's too much. I can't do it. I'm creative, but not 30 days out of the but No, that's mm-hmm. a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets a little taxing. Yep. It's too yeah. much. Well, thanks for sharing that. I love this and I need to start a new like, Christmas know. punking. I feel like we got to start this somehow. So we should find an ugly, like anthropomorphic Christmas ornament that you have to do that with. Yeah. Or make one. one. Just make it terrible. Yeah. Something super, something vintage, but also super ugly. Yeah. No. And, and then, and then, and then the caveat that you have to display it throughout the year, I think is, is, yes. uh, is key. Where right. everybody, like if I come over to your house, right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or there's got to be some sort of penalty or something. You got to yeah. keep it a second year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, you hit it in their closet when company was over. Yeah, yeah. Go. not going to work. I didn't see it. So. <laughs> well, we hope you have a happy, happy holidays. Thanks for sitting down with us again to share that. I can't wait to see a picture of this damn footstool. Absolutely. It was good to talk to you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Now we're going to head over to another very special person. He is an integral part to the show. Some refer to him as Oz behind the curtain. Some think he doesn't exist and it's simply me editing the show behind the scenes. We are heading to Dear Friend and one of the most important parts of this whole podcast. We're heading to snowy, Christmassy Colorado to speak with the one and only Gray. Hi. How are you able to do that so well? <laughs> Two times. <laughs> you gotta reveal the, the cat. Absolutely. Back. Oh, one hundred percent. I'm gonna call out. I'm gonna yeah. call out all the mistakes here because um, I don't. <laughs> people r- don't really get to see a lot of the whole behind the scenes. For one, thank you. You're beautiful welcome. words. Beautiful intro. And um, in our previous take. Yeah, great. Uh, what happened? Why don't you tell what happened? <laughs> well. I imagine we were talking for at least at least 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, before um, we started. But so leave it to the audio engineer to make the, the mistake on his own setup, right? Um, <laughs> but I ended up, <laughs> I have a time limit set on my recording system. Yeah. And I had uh, not removed that prior to beginning <laughs> to record our little uh, discussion here. So mm-hmm. I wish we were so recording the video so that people yeah. could have seen your like full blown breakdown like nothing really happening <laughs> i was crying no, no he no. just put his hands above his head on top of his headphones and his whole body and face just said fuck but he never said it and i would i just went well, so what's wrong what's going on <laughs> what's happening but yeah that's okay it happens but it's okay it is just fine um we were speaking about a lot of things so it's probably it's okay that's to fine. We don't need to recap at all either. Um, But we were, you know, a lot of people ask, you know, like how the show sounds so professional. And we were speaking a little bit about how over the course of the podcast, you get kind of luck. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Sheer luck. But it, you know, (laughs) it started off with really like I started the show not knowing anything to do. And I was trying to do everything by myself. I was trying to edit the show, booking guests. Obviously, Jill was helping me. Um, but uh, all of the background stuff I was doing on my own and over the course of the summer of 2020, it was becoming very apparent that I was like in over my fucking head, like 10 feet below the surface, but I'm like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It'll launch. It'll be, it'll be good. Right. 
And mm-hmm. I launched the trailer episode, and Gray and I have known each other for 14 years. We'll get, we'll circle back to that. Yeah. And we know each other for 14 years. I am the one that edited the trailer episode and released it because mm-hmm. per podcast guidelines to get on all of the different places that upload RSS feeds, you have to upload a little bit of audio early so that your stuff launches at your correct time. Mm-hmm. It's super, you know, exciting information. And I uploaded the trailer episode and Gray and I hadn't spoken in probably a year uh, online. At the, at, yeah, at the very least, yeah. And then he just commented, he goes, oh my God, you're doing a podcast. Yeah, actually, that's very interesting because I had, there was no hope put into the comment <laughs> for a little bit of history. I've been not working as an audio engineer for 20 years, but I've been doing audio engineering for a good 20 years um, at this point. Mm-hmm. Not always paid is what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, and, uh, so I have a lot of experience and I've intended to work on a podcast in some form for more than a decade at this point mm-hmm. before the show, right? Um, and with when I saw this, I was like, fucking Sam's doing it. <laughs> I, I, there's so few people that I would actually say I wanted to hear more from <laughs> that sounds so terrible <laughs> no i get that it that sounds I get super saying. terrible that's very that, nice. and it's not that i, I don't uh, oh my gosh how do i i, I want to put it delicately but there you're one you're one person i could listen to talk for hours because <laughs> you're very good at it Thank and you. it's something you've been doing as long as i've been playing music let's say right like yeah. Yeah, longer obviously she likes um, to pontificate that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're very good at it. You're very entertaining. Uh, and you're very funny. And that's always, those have always been qualities that I've always appreciated about you. And I was like, well, I mean, if there's something I can do for a friend, I'm absolutely down for it, especially if it's something I do also have an interest in. Right. Mm-hmm. So I ended up just sending you, I think I just commented on, I didn't even DM you or anything. I just commented on it say, hey, if you need an editor, and you know, then get back to me. I was like, I saw it and I was like, oh my God, of course, great. Like, duh. I hadn't even really uh, thought too much about it. And mm-hmm. um, I remember telling Gray, like, or Jill, I remember telling Jill, oh my God, this friend that I've had forever, he's edited audio and has done this stuff for like 20 years. And he said he'll edit the podcast. And it was like this huge weight lifted off of my shoulder. And thank fucking god because our second interview or like one of our very first interviews had so Mm. many audio problems because of zoom that i don't even know how i would have gotten through it and so i remember like you and i um spoke over dm and i sent you the first five episode audio Mm -hmm. i sent it all over and in the beginning times i would send like a detailed because i had read something that was like you have to send your edits in to your editor Mm -hmm. so i had like time stamped every single possible mistake mm-hmm. that had happened during the episode a burp a mic hit uh a restart of a phrase uh mm-hmm. a- anything and you finally said to me because i was like does this helpful do i need to do this do i need to do this and you said to me just send me the audio and let me edit it yeah yeah so i uh, i felt that from the beginning but also at the same time i didn't want to say anything because i wanted to get a feel for what exactly you were looking for out of the show right like mm-hmm. I needed you to kind of guide me in the direction that you wanted to go with the format of the show. And I would basically work off of that. Um, and I essentially learn over time, basically what you were looking for and be able to interpret that kind of on the fly in my editing process. 
which is kind of, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's also like a, taking on the producer role at the same time. But um, for one thing, you can, you can make a podcast and just, you can just literally just re- record a conversation straight and put it out, you know, a la Joe Rogan mm-hmm. kind of uh, yeah. format, right? Which, I mean, it works because it's the number one podcast in the world. And so many good podcasts are basically a live format, mm-hmm. you know, where they just record it and send it out. Maybe there's a, a cut here and there or something like that. Um, also, they're half video, you know, podcasts, right? Right, yeah. Um, so they're, they're, they usually have like a pretty significant video portion. And, um, and edits don't correlate the same video to audio. Exactly. Like you can't exactly. edit a video like you can audio it just doesn't work yeah and it well they're two different and they're two different entirely different domains mm-hmm. of editing right yeah. um that's not to say that you know the knowledge from one can't translate to the another you know in in practice in theory <laughs> but with i mean it's it's just a different experience at least a different experience right but with podcasting in general i really admire the aspect of you to be able to to control the direction of that conversation and not just getting lost as I so often do in conversation because I'll just keep talking and go from one subject to another. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, it is definitely something that I've learned from working behind the chair. Yeah. And I think it probably mostly started by some people getting starting to head in the direction of probably not an excellent conversation to have in public yeah. or in a business or... Um, things like that. And you kind of have to like hip check them away from that or like get them yeah. back to the point of where you need to be. And it has definitely become a more sharpened skill from interviewing mm-hmm. people over the last year and a half, because there's, there's people that we interview that will talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and they will answer, you know, and fill in all of the answers to the questions that I'm going to ask. And then there are some people that it's not, you know, it's not their first nature to talk and talk and talk and talk and fill in all of the details. And, you know, definitely some people that you, you have to kind of break Mm -hmm. like a horse (laughs) in conversation, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that, you know, like everything leads back to hairdressing for me because there's Mm -hmm. always a client that sits down and has 42 pictures from Pinterest. They tell you all the stuff they don't like. They tell you how their last hairdresser could never do their hair right. They, I mean, they list so much for you. And you're right. kind of like, okay, I'm going to take this and this and this. We're going to build from there, right? And I'm going to take everything else and just use it as information as to like what this experience mm-hmm. is going to be like for the both of us. And then you have other people that come in that go, I just want it short. And you're like, okay, right. what's short to you? Yeah. And they go, well, definitely not above my shoulders. And I'm like, all right. Or they go, I want it red. And I go, okay, so when you look at me, do you see, is my hair too red? And they'll go, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, yeah, it's too red. I want it more like that person's, and they'll point it like a golden brown, but to somebody else, that's red. Yeah. So it's kind of like that, like, bringing people back in. But I also, I will pat my own self on the back. When structuring what the Mothball Prophecies was going to be, mm-hmm. I was thinking about a show I would want to listen to and what would sound interesting to me and would cover all of the places that I like to cover in conversation. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I want to know why. I always want to know why. Why did you start this? Why did you go this way? I wanted it to sound like each person we're interviewing is kind of like a celebrity interview, right? Like you're covering the gamut. But I also wanted it to sound really accessible. Yes. And to not sound like only a certain group of people could ever listen to it. I wanted 
anybody to come in at any episode and if and if they didn't collect it i think that the trueness of that is the fact that you like to enjoy listening to it yeah exactly yeah even as like i wouldn't yeah not as a fan of necessarily the subject i'm a fan of people Mm -hmm. and any show that like showcases the a person specifically Mm-hmm. That's be- that that's beautiful to me, right? And I think you do you do that very well. And it often leads into some. It's based more on niche, uh, you know, pers- may not you know preferences, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But at the same time, it's I I love hearing stories, and mm-hmm. I love hearing people's stories, mm-hmm. and um, that's something you're able to kind of draw people out really well and be able to. Like like a celebrity interview, right? Um, is what are your origins and how did you get to where you are now? Mm-hmm. That's the the that's such a broad subject to tackle for any one given person. That there's, I mean, it, each one is unique. It's a beautiful aspect to tackle about a person's life, right? Thanks. Um, and it's not just, in my opinion, like that's not just good for the show. Is what I'm getting at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, I mean, if you look back on a conversation you had with somebody if you can look back on a conversation you had with somebody 20 years right mm-hmm. if you can go back and listen to a podcast episode that you were on one time and like that was um mm-hmm. uh that, that that was a big moment for you at the time it'll still be a big moment to you in the future i hope so and you know maybe you know starting this was purely selfish and i've spoken about it often on the show of like I've lost people tragically in my life and suddenly and not been able to ask the questions that we ask the people that are on the show. Like today's episode, right? Mm -hmm. Was just, you know, tell us about like a unique holiday thing that you have, either Mm -hmm. a crafting skill, something you do that makes it special for you that Mm -hmm. really to anybody else in your life, they may not look at it as something super interesting until they hear it. And then it's endearing and then it's meaningful and then it's, and it's those things and, you know, and that's been very, I think, uh, even more apparent to me uh, over the last 10 weeks, 12, mm-hmm. 12 weeks, um, is just making sure that I'm asking really important questions and encouraging other people to ask really important questions to the people around you, right? Like, it's just, right. you know, it may not, it may not be anything, but at the end of the day, it'll mean a lot to somebody one day, one day. Exactly. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, we're we're all one of the most frustrating things about growing up is you realize you're just one person, right? You're you're you realize that oh, that person is actually as living uh, as a unique experience as my own, and that's getting a perspective from that person. I think is I think it's important, right? For one, for one, as as a person, I think that's part of our journey in life is to be able to learn as much about life Mm -hmm. as possible Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of my general view on things and when like you just have the one life (laughs) that's all we have right and we don't all have the same amount of time we don't even all have the same experience right we don't get the same privilege we don't get the same um uh, tragedies we don't get the same upsets we don't get the same wins some of us live in the same town for 80 years Mm till from from birth until death some of us can't stay in a home for more than a month at a time or Mm -hmm. you know it's like you know some of of us never actually have a place to call home Mm -hmm. i guess there's a way to put that well and even along your own lifetime you are a different person in different Mm -hmm. spaces of it Mm -hmm. you know i look back to you know 
middle school, high school, just out of high school, beauty school. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even recognize that girl. I don't even. And that's, you right. know, that's the, yeah. uh, you hope that happens. You hope you yeah. evolve and change and move and grow. And I do have to say that this podcast has helped me grow into the person that I have always perceived myself to be, right? And to find a place that I can talk and have like uh, these nerd out situations with people and like uh, have this area where it's like everybody's talking about something they love and it's such a beautiful community and it's like everybody is so nice and welcoming and loving. And like if I could go back to like 13-year-old me and just give her a big hug and be like, hey, you find your weirdos, you find your people and it's so fucking cool. Like just hang on for a little bit longer. Like you just got to... It's get it. You just keep being a weird little shit and just, just do it. You know, just and she did. I like to think maybe future me at some time went back and was like, "Keep going, you psychopath. You got it." It's one, it's one of my favorite things is taking this like, wow, just time. Do we ever get to time travel? And did I was I ever involved yeah. in it? Yeah. <laughs> and how, what did I do to myself to get to get myself to where I am today? Right. Because I mean, I'm, you're like, I don't know where I got that. Uh, yeah, like another. It's it's still like that's the, you know, on the same thread is like I, we we do only have this one life, but at the same time, if you can, you know, uh, get somebody else's story, and um, just sap some experience from that, mm-hmm. and to put it kind of selfishly, let's say, if you can if you can hear be able to listen to someone else's story, mm-hmm. and consider their perspective and their point of view and how they see things and how, you know, uh, where they're coming from. Um, you're, you're compounding your experience in life, right? You're compounding like everything that you get out of it. You're, you're getting so much more out of life than just sitting there and watching TV Mm -hmm. or, you know, (laughs) just playing video games or something. Not that those things aren't valuable. They definitely have valuable, right? But, um, at the same time, it's, I love stories. Mm-hmm. You know, that's funny. Um, I tried to re-record, I tried to record an intro, remember? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this idea and I, it stuck in my head because I've never heard my own voice so much as when I recorded that. Mm-hmm. And I said, <laughs> I bet I can remember the entire line. Stories, everybody's got a story. Everything has a story. Uh, yes. The, this is the mothball prophecies or something like that. Yeah. And and um but the but the idea was like it's not just a show about collectibles. It's not just a show about antiques or vintage, you know, anything. It's mm-hmm. it's a show about people and a a, a a a particular aspect of their lives that they and other people find interesting. Mm-hmm. And exploring that. And that's what's I think is very very beautiful, and I, I, it just continues to keep me engaged. Yeah. Uh, week after week after week. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. <laughs> you know, and this may sound super cheesy, but it is probably my most favorite accidental collection that I've started since the show. Mm. Is all of these stories, You're conversations for yourself. Yeah, and, <laughs> of yeah. your own, and and people, you know, and now it's so special when I go to an antique store or a thrift store or something. And I see something that somebody we've had on the show collects specifically. And I'm instantly just like, Oh my God, this, and 
you know, I usually will send that to them on Instagram or, you know, <clears throat> it's just so special. Like it's just, mm-hmm. there's, there's still like every Sunday in my office, I cry a little bit because I can't think how, I can't believe how lucky not only I am, but you are and Jill and Spellcheck are mm-hmm. to all be collectively experiencing oh, absolutely. this. Absolutely. At the same time. And from what we thought it was going to be to what it has turned into. Yeah. I, I, I'm, you know, I came into it honestly with no expectation, whether or not it was going to be successful, whether or not it was going to just, you know, nosedive straight into the ground mm-hmm. from episode two. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, um, and we had a lot of great ideas um, and kind of, I, we didn't even flounder on the content. Like we burst with content to start with. And then I think we all realized, myself especially, <laughs> uh, about just how much work it was going to be. And how much work we we could honestly and mm-hmm. earnestly like put be able to put into it, and still live um, the uh, the other aspects of our life successfully. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. This yeah. Th- this does take up a, a large portion of all of our lives. Yours mm-hmm. most certainly. Um. Uh, but it's 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 uh it, it's complicated, but it's not complicated mm-hmm. because I think we all enjoy it. Yeah, and I, you know, every minute of it, and uh, mm-hmm. we touch base on that often as a team, right? We all go kind of like, how you doing with, you know, your <laughs> yeah. area of the workload? You know, how you feeling? Mm-hmm. Where do we got to adjust? Where do we need to, you know, and that was a lesson for me to learn really early on was to pass things off to people mm-hmm. and know, because I, you know, had curated this idea for two years and I was like, mm-hmm. I, I need to find people that are going to appreciate it just mm-hmm. as much as I do. And I have. Uh, tenfold. And so now I can just literally send a text to either you or Spellcheck or Jill and just go, Hey, I need, I need this. Can we do this? Mm-hmm. And either yeah, somebody absolutely. will go like, you're out of your fucking mind or <laughs> sure. Yeah. When you need to buy, <laughs> it's one of the two, Yeah, you know, and you create the only thing that we have for the show that we are going to recreate at some point is the intro music. Yep. Um, yeah. we can Tried use it multiple times. Yeah. Because but... of the licensing. We could mm-hmm. use it for what this is, right? But we would like to, of course, have our own. Yeah, we'd like to. So, I mean, every, from the very beginning, like you said, you were you were stewing on the idea for the podcast, for the show, for two years before it came to fruition, right? And um, you can only really take it so much into consideration at that point, especially mm-hmm. not having done it before. Um, and with with everything it's like you 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 take everything you bring yourself to a baseline and say okay where can i go from here is where we're at right mm-hmm. um there's there's a lot of things that we could change there's a lot of things we've we have changed there's a lot of things we intend to change mm-hmm. um and there's there's maybe a lot of plans that would probably be easier to kind of go about uh processing i suppose mm-hmm. um but i mean everything in its time yeah right I, I when it comes to the music i so i make all the all the kind of bumper music and all the like the 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 kind of side music and things mm-hmm. like that so the only thing that really isn't a you know wasn't produced for the show directly mm-hmm. is basically the theme mm-hmm. um and it's like so how do i so i've tried to iterate on it a couple times and mm-hmm cover it in a way yeah and it's um the the where we were at when we last visited this topic it's great like mm -hmm. it only needs a couple little little Mm -hmm. little things not even anything crazy but also at the same time yeah like there's no rush it's like Mm -hmm. we have such a good thing going already Mm -hmm. and it it still feels good 
Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's, I think it, I don't, one of the things, um, I really do, I, I, which I appreciate about you, you come to me for my opinion and I love, I, that, that's, that's, that's beautiful. Cause I, I try not to dish out advice, right. When it's unwarranted or not asked for at least. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but Gray has the best advice. Riley if you want to chime in on that Gray has great advice (laughs) (laughs) I try to give my honest opinion or you know at least an informed opinion Mm -hmm. um, as much as possible but so when when it comes to things like the show it's like you don't sacrifice the quality if anything just how you how you're going to maintain the quality is not by doing the same thing over and over if you Mm -hmm. get tired of something don't be afraid to change it Mm -hmm. like take the show where you want it to go and uh, for for all all that being said, like I think the best ideas have come out of thin air, right? Like, yeah. I mean, let alone you know not just the curio corner, which was just you know a, just a, a spur of the moment thing. I got it. Um, or or yeah. the the estate sale walkthrough, right? Yeah. It's it. like Jill and thought it was insane. <laughs> yeah i just first interview and i just jump right into it and she's just she just held on for dear life and like improved. god bless her yeah it's so good too it's so good that that was that happened in episode one because that's been able i'm not going to say that that carries the show because i i look forward to everything the entire interview before the the god what is it called now estate yeah, <laughs> I look forward to everything before this estate sale walkthrough. I literally just said it too. It's okay. Um, it's late. I look forward to everything in the estate sale walkthrough, but everything before it um, really is the super interesting part and where you get to know the person. But mm-hmm. being that we do an estate sale walkthrough every single episode, we get to see, we get to get a little more into the heads of the similarities of all these people that we have on the show, right? Mm-hmm. It's a common through line that is maintained over the course of our entire show. I think so we get, to... get harder to write, literally, with every episode. <laughs> yeah. Especially if we have somebody on the show that listens. Yeah, exactly. Because then th- those shit asses, excited I love them, it. but they fucking know that that email is what gives me these ideas. Yeah. And so these email answers, some of them get shorter and shorter and shorter and very, like, tight. Mm-hmm. Like, not a lot of description. They're just like, this, mm-hmm. this, and this, and that's all you're getting. And I'm like, crack my knuckles. Nice try. <laughs> and uh yeah and so i i do get this question asked a lot right people always ask like they always think that i edit the show in some way because most people that have a podcast edit their own show mm-hmm. but i i have received screen grabs from your edits and it's like thousands of edits per episode yeah, yeah. so walk us through a little bit like what is your like show flow when you edit an episode of the Mothball Prophecies? When Jill and I are being particularly on our best behaviors and not punching our mic stands and like <laughs> doing things like that. Yeah. Um, no, I. So whenever basically I wait to, it's usually at the end of the week where all the files are going to be uploaded and ready to go. And I really don't have too much time during the week um, with working my own personal life. So from start to finish, an edit on this for the show looks like if I haven't started it before, you send me a text saying, "Hey, all the files are in the drive." <laughs> it's okay. Sweet. I'll go edit or I'll go download all of the raw files for the episode, and I have um, a preset um, configuration in my editing program, which is Reaper for the, anyone wondering, um, and it's 
basically it's it, it's it's pre-formatted with all of my audio effects, all of my um, processing, and anything I might use in a a given episode mm-hmm. or every single episode rather, right? Um, so it has everything I might use, and I, so it's all laid out with each individual person's audio track, and I go through. Um, I do a, an initial pass and kind of listen to the tone of everyone and try to match them as much as possible. Like in doing like remote interviews and things like that, especially it's like, it's going to take a little bit of schmoozing the audio quality mm-hmm. to, to, to get it to sound good. And there's, there's a lot you can do, but there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Um, obviously if most of the time you can pretty much tell when something is a remote interview over zoom or whatever Mm -hmm. so um but beyond that i set i set each audio track up and then i start going through i basically just hit play and edit ahead of my play marker now how i can do that (laughs) the thousands of edits that you mentioned before is basically i'm looking for pauses and gaps in audio extreme you know bumps in the mic or something like that extreme you know um it's but always you wouldn't too. you wouldn't know this most of the editing itself is cutting out silence mm. there's an automated way to, that i could do this but it's it's never really i've never gotten it to work the way that i feel it works best right yeah, yeah. um so i it's i feel way more comfortable with the end result if i go ahead and do all of this myself mm-hmm. there's definitely some a lot a lot of processing to the audio that i do that mm-hmm. is automated um but at the same time, there, there, there's so much that just I feel like need my hand. <laughs> that, yeah. I, that, that when I listen to the episode, I'm like, no, I need to, I need to, I need to go back and do this. I need to, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, okay. Also, you listen to it at like one and a half speed or like so fast while you're. It editing. really depends. Um, typically, I'm listening to at least at one point five times the the speed of talking, and I'm literally so I've I've been doing it for so long that I've literally gotten accustomed to listening to you and jill speak faster and it's like i so when i listen to like a normal episode i'm like why does this sound so slow specifically (laughs) when i'm editing right around the time when i'm editing around that weekend usually Mm -hmm. i'll 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 just have that in my head of like your your cadences and your speed and 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 the way you you know just your enunciation and all of this and and it's it's not a literal representation so i'll i'll end up like listening to the episode after after taking a break from it and what like once we post it or something like that and i'll be listening to it i'm like this sounds so weird this isn't this is is this the same thing is this the same show yeah um but and it is but uh, uh, at the same time like it's it's just due to like i said i don't know it's just when you're in an editing mind space mm-hmm. It's a it's a different form of interfacing. Yeah, you look at it and like before this, and if you would have put a waveform in front of me, I'd be like, "Oh, cool, fucking sweet." Yeah, yeah look at that. And now I can because I I edit the audio down just so it's listenable for spell check, like mm-hmm. to make sure that everybody matches. And I edit in Audacity if anybody cares. <laughs> free but I just make sure everybody's level and compressed and any peaks that are at peaks or if you talk really loud and you see this big jump on the audio right mm-hmm. I make sure all that's down to where it's not going to come across in your headphones and be 
atrocious yeah. and i usually it's a rough cut of the show so it still has all the uh issues and stuff that needs to come out and then uh, i slap the curio corner if there's one for that episode on the back half of it and then i upload mm-hmm. that to spell check um and that's what she listens to so she doesn't even get the polished yeah version ever and she does then she writes her summaries up and it's a beautiful mm-hmm. it's, it really is she does a wonderful job oh my god she's her fucking brain. She, <laughs> it's pretty incredible to read the podcast descriptions every week. Mm-hmm. I literally, like, I, I wait, I can't wait to, for it to be posted because that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to is, um, so I've heard the episode now. It's, it's, it's like, how did it's she like an extra it? treat, right? Yeah. It's like, or, or the, the Patreon posts mm-hmm. or, or, you know, it's, it's, it's a little something extra of the content of everything that I love, mm-hmm. right? Like, cause I love the show and I love all the people involved and I love, like what um a lot of people kind of refer to as branding the mm-hmm. brand and mm-hmm. whatever and it I, was it was not accidental yeah exactly exactly yeah i uh i said i spent <laughs> spent a lot of time thinking about every corner of it cuz i you know mm-hmm. it was my baby but yeah and it's it's so i'm so I'm just so thrilled that you called it the branding cuz i was like thank fuck cuz it's really it's it, it, the descriptions would be nonsense if i wrote them they would not have as much. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, you know, like, <laughs> like, a, like, just byline description, mm-hmm. just something super simple and boring yeah. about what exactly was happening. And some podcast, some podcast summaries are that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, man, sp- spell checks descriptions of and, and what she writes for. It's not. It's not even necessarily. Oh God, I want to like. It's, it feels like an excerpt from a longer blog post. She's going to shit her pants. She's just dying right now listening to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I fucking love it. Like, I, it's, like, it's, it's, it's like reading someone's diary mm-hmm. about what's that. She's so personal with it. And she's, she's and her got little so Patreon quips that she ends that they get on mm-hmm. Patreon. There's always a PS for the Patreon. Exactly. I should pull yeah. one up and read the most yes. recent one. Let's do that. Okay, I found the spell check Patreon special for this week's episode. So the beginning of the summary starts with Tis the season. Come one and all. Join the Mothball Prophecies in a jolly jaunt through the various holiday traditions and family stories. We're joined by some of our favorite past guests. First, we are blessed with a visit from our fairy godmother, Kate, from Bitter Squeaks. Kate spills the hot thrift goss on restoring old and secondhand ornaments and wrapping presents in the most artistic ways possible. Next, the goddess of glitter herself, Elrod of Mexikitch, sits down with us for Glitter University. We've all been glittering wrong, apparently, and we must repent. From the Great White North, we chat with Aaron, a feral cat, as well as Dave Rademacher, who discuss creepy demon Santas in weird, regifted stools, respectively. To round out this parfait of pod guests, we get a peek behind the curtain to meet the fabled Grey man of mystery that he is and hear some more about the origins of the podcast and this next part goes on the patreon p.s listen my baby cryptids elf on the shelf is the actual devil i will burn with hatred for that little stuffed monster and cannot reiterate enough how much you should not start the farce of a tradition don't do it save yourself from the anguish nay the visceral self-flagellation and deny the existence of these creatures to your offspring it isn't worth it There will only be tears and broken hearts and you, the parent, up at some ungodly hour to move that satanic imp into a new position so that your children may experience one more year of winter magic. This year I may have finally killed our elf in the minds of my children, 
I plan on ritualistically sacrificing him under cover of darkness on the eve of the new year. Learn from my folly, dear ones, and forego the elf. Instead, scare the shit out of your kids with Krampus. Thus, I give you your gift of the season. Hugs and kisses, impossible frostbite. Spell check. Um, yeah. Since this mm-hmm. is the holiday episode, yes. Gray. Absolutely. What are some of your, like, holiday memories or, like, things that sparkle to you around this season? Yes. So, I know if a few other people talked kind of about traditions or, mm-hmm. you know, um, rituals kind of, kind of. Um, aspects to their their holiday celebrations right mm-hmm. um i haven't i can't say that i've ever really specifically had that because a lot of my life like i said as i may have intimated about before has been kind of transient mm-hmm. kind of you know nomadic in a way right so um i've always been uh kind of a loner um so usually i'm not i don't spend too many holidays with people i do as i can with my family Mm -hmm. you know but Mm -hmm. um as far as what i have best so until i was 10 years old i was raised by my grandmother Mm -hmm. and she had raised she'd had six kids of her own right before me my aunts and uncles Mm -hmm. and she'd raised several others as well Um, i was essentially the last kid that she raised or effectively um and that's uh for me in my mind that's a tremendous honor because she was such a beautiful person and she did a great job of you know um raising people i i will i will double that notion <laughs> like and say I, yes she did i feel incredibly fortunate to have been raised by the person that did raise me at least for those first 10 years and for the following seven with my father mm-hmm. um he did a great job as well he did best he could and he's one of the he's probably the greatest man i know mm-hmm. he's just a beautiful selfless mm-hmm. human being and um i'm very fortunate to have been raised in the way that i have but so that being said so this first 10 years with my grandmother um she'd had a lot of we, we would always decorate for all the holidays and everything and she'd always have these kind of knickknacks all out and everything and you know throughout the year they'd all be packed in boxes put away in storage and you know underneath the stairs or in a closet somewhere and right. or in the attic anywhere basically you know where they where they're hidden until they come out and they're they're made as the presentation for the season which is it's a beautiful sentiment mm-hmm. it really is like it's not something i'm personally used to as an adult because yeah. I don't do that. And I've never f- really felt so much of an inkling to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because I spent so much time alone and I'm not necessarily trying to pre- present a festive atmosphere for someone else. Um, a lot of my, some of my favorite memories that I can think of is it's, it's not the, it's not like a ha- super happy memory, but one of the memories I, I do think about this often, every single Christmas so my grandmother had, I think she got them from her mother, um, but they were Christmas tree ornaments. Mm-hmm. She had quite a few, but these were like uh, tiny glass bells on a string. Oh. And they would, you could basically, they would fit inside of one another and you could set them away, put them oh. away safely for storage. Uh, but they, they were actually super beautiful, especially in the, in the Christmas tree with lights and everything shining through them. Yeah. Right. They're, they're actually, um, super beautiful ornaments. And I do remember 
breaking at least one, maybe even two of them throughout a couple of years. Yeah. Um, just because I liked them so much and I would just play with them. So I take them out and it was just. Do they look like this? Was it the biggest one on the top and then down to the smallest yeah. one? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll send you this picture. Keep going. So with these bells, um, I know they were very sentimental objects to her. And I know I broke one and just made her incredibly sad oh. and made her cry. Um, oh, no. At least one Christmas. I do remember that. And that's that's just one of those memories. Like, it's unfortunate. I was a child, uh -huh. you know? Right. I was five, maybe. Yeah. Six. And that's one probably... I don't have many, a, a ton of memories that I can actually look back and re remember a solid moment mm -hmm. from the, those period, that period of time. But that's, that's one that does stick out with me. And I do appreciate having it. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I I messed up and broke, broke something, right? Mm -hmm. of, my, of my beloved grandmother. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, it's, it's a memory of her mm -hmm. and something that, that um, I don't know. When you, whenever you, you lose somebody, she, she passed away in 2016. Um, but whenever you lose somebody, it's like all you have left is those memories. There's mm -hmm. no more to be made mm -hmm. with that person. Um, you can make memories in honor of those people. Yeah. Um, right. Which I think is a, is a beautiful sentiment in and of itself. But I don't regret necessarily. I, I, I don't even know how to word this. I think it's not necessarily regret. It's like that. Um, it's like hindsight regret, right? Now that yeah. you know what you could have, I'm sorry that it happened, mm -hmm. but I don't regret it, mm -hmm. right? I, I, it, it's 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 an unfortunate thing that happened, but without that happening, I wouldn't have the memory. Of the would, I wouldn't have another memory of one aspect of this person that I love mm -hmm. dearly, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's I, I felt I felt terrible, and that's something I'll take to the grave with me. Of like, why? You were why are you just fucking? Yeah, you, you, you know, yeah. and you can't look at it like I, I. You look at it from a disconnected kind of perspective, right? Because yeah. we're so little, you don't know. That's before you didn't know shit about the world, mm -hmm. right? This was the, the primordial human being. Yeah, you don't that, know anything. That, that, yeah, uh, that you eventually become. So currently living um, with one of those. So yeah, they're freaking. It. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the best age too. Yeah, yeah. There, there are times there. I know I have lots of breakables, right? Mm -hmm. And there are going to be times that one of those breakables is going to be broken. Mm -hmm. and, oh, absolutely. You know, like it's just kind of I have to brace myself of like I know I'm going to be upset. I know I'm going to probably cry. Right. But I can't. I can't right. like you know, take that out on my kid. Cause that would no. just be, then we 30 years down the road, I'm, he's going to be sitting down with somebody about a podcast and go, I broke my mom's Victorian, yeah. whatever. It's, yeah. And then my world came apart. Yeah. It sucks. It <laughs> Something, sucks. right? Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, it, it's all in the, any memory you can look back on with fondness mm -hmm. is important. Like, and sure we all, yes, we all have, bad memories yeah um but that's all a part of kind of what makes us who we are and what makes us more valuable to the world because we have an experience that someone else hasn't yeah um, yeah and that's that is in a nutshell the mm -hmm. mothball prophecies yeah i agree mm -hmm. i 100 percent agree yeah that's the show is about stories and the the people who those stories can have come from mm -hmm. and it's beautiful and I know we always say it at the end of every episode and we always, you know, I definitely will just text you and be like, fucking thank you so much. But really, thank you for not only editing the show week after week and 
uh, dealing with some manic text messages from me about shit I'm freaking out about for no reason. <laughs> uh, but also just like great advice. You're always encouraging us. You're always there with great, great advice and great structure for the things that the show needs. And you are just as much a part of the show as me and Jill and Spellcheck. Like it's the four of us. There can never not be the four of us. It just won't be the same thing. And I'm glad now that finally everybody will get to know a little bit more about when we say Gray cut that or <laughs> Gray yelled at me last week for punching my mic set, which he never yells at me. Thank, thank you for clarifying. It just always feels like yelling <laughs> to me. Right. The, 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 the image of Gray in your head is standing over you, shaking his head. Pointing. God. <laughs> that's how I visit every time. Okay. That I wish I could have taken a picture of that because that's Jill and I, what we see when I yeah. like literally I'll do it. You can leave it in the audio. I'll just be like, like that <laughs> and then jill will look at me in the video and then i'll look at the guest and i'll look at jill <laughs> and then i just go oh gray's gonna be so fucking pissed <laughs> or like we started in the, or like it gets cut a lot right well you heard it in the one year episode we go sorry gray sorry gray cut that oh, god i loved it. a lot so that's what so i mean much. when we say thanks for all the shit you put up with it's that of jill and i just being like it's sorry so sorry all unavoidable, right? We're not like a story. We are a story podcast, but there's there's something like you look at. We're not super produced. Oh, like something this is like NPR. Exactly. That's a that's kind of what I was getting at. Or or WNYC produced mm -hmm, mm -hmm. shows, right? Like we're not scripted. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Yeah, exactly. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Or or Radio Lab. Or yeah. Or even yeah. um, what is it? Radio Rental. Like that podcast is super produced. It's all story driven and. You know, audio dramas, like back in the day. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, thanks for helping us find our corner niche. Absolutely. It's it's been a pleasure and it will continue to be for a very long time. Yes, and this episode comes out the week of the predominantly celebrated Christian holiday of Christmas. So, whatever you're celebrating, please enjoy it. Enjoy this time with your family. Don't touch any of the ornaments. Great. Um, ask the questions and I mean it, ask the questions to people in the room, maybe write down a couple ones you've heard us ask on the podcast or send me a DM and go, Hey Sam, what the fuck should I ask my family? I'll help you out. Ask those questions, sit down and just be the weirdo like I am and go, Hey, where did this table come from? And have somebody tell you the story because I promise you won't regret it. Also download a recorder app on your phone, but only with consent, depending on the state you're in. Yeah, it's all exactly. Different. It really depends on the state you're in. It really does. Um, anyways, thank you, Gray, for sharing all of that with us today. Thank you to everybody we had on today's episode sharing your wonderful holiday memories. There is no Curio Corner this week, but thank you. As always, I hope As you find some always. good shit. And hug a loved one for four seconds longer than you would normally. Especially if it's a little brother. Make him hate it. 